something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Stuff from the Science Lab from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey guys, and welcome to the podcast. This is Alison Lattermouth, the science editor at HowStuffWorks.com. And this is Robert Lamb, science writer at HowStuffWorks.com. And today we're doing the third podcast in our very first recurring series. And that series has been looking at how different celestial bodies get their start. Today we're talking about galaxies. If I had to listen to this series, I'd start with galaxies, then go to stars, and then listen to planets. Just for a heads up, if you haven't heard any of them. Oh, okay, but not because of preference, right? Because... No, just because yeah. it makes Because sense. one thing that, that occurred to me when I was actually writing our article about uh, galaxy formation is that this one I think is often overlooked because, like, the formation of the universe, like that, like the Big Bang, like that's so huge and mind-boggling that, like, you instantly think of that. And then things like the formation of a planet or the solar system, that's a lot closer to home and you can relate to that a little better. But a galaxy, that's just kind of somewhere in between. It's not... It's, it's a middleman. Yeah. I mean, it's enormous. It's on a, such an enormous scale, but not on such a just mind-boggling cosmic scale that people sit around and, I think, ponder it, unless you're, you know, like actually a cosmologist or an astrophysicist. So we have to back up to the Big Bang, but we're not going to get into the Big Bang. Um, so what is a galaxy? Tell me. A galaxy? Well, it is the largest structure in the universe, and it uh, binds billions or even trillions of stars together in a big gravitational yoke. What else is in galaxies besides stars? Well, you've got planets. Yep. 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 Uh, cats, dogs. Well, that's <laughs> on the smaller scale. But no, you've got cosmic dust, uh, vast clouds of gas, 
um, you know, comets, like everything, really. If you can name it, it's in a galaxy. Including dark matter. Yes, dark matter, dark energy, all that good stuff. So let's rewind roughly 14 billion years ago to when galaxies got their start. Yeah, back to the uh, the Big Bang, which is our best uh, theory about how all this came about. And uh, I like to think of, and this is a, this is a very uh, basic analogy, but I like to think of it this way. Imagine you have a map of the universe, right, spread out on a table. Yes. Now, then, now imagine the entire map like wadded up into a single ball of paper, but a ball of paper like just microscopic in size, you know, just ridiculously small. Yeah, I've come across a different, uh, a few different estimations of how big or how small the uh, that singularity was. Yeah. Some people say it's about the size of a dime. Other people say it's smaller than an electron. Yeah, yeah, you see it. See, uh, size um, estimations uh, varying, but. Whatever the exact size, a whole lot, like everything, the entire universe crunched down to one unimaginably small. Because whether we were talking about the size of a quarter, the size of a basketball, or the size of an atom, uh, that's a lot of universe packed into one gobstopper. <laughs> and then it started, then it expands. And, rapidly. Yeah. And you have Very all this rapidly. hot matter. It ends up cooling. But, but nothing has, there's not really any structure. It's not like, wham, now we have, you, you know, galaxies and planets, etc. You just have a lot of like, it's like raw, uncooked galaxy. No, not I mean raw, uncooked universe out there. Yeah, you have the ingredients. Yeah, you just have a lot of gas, a lot of dust, just floating out there. So, the how did those ingredients evolve into more than a hundred billion galaxies? Well, there are two bodies of theories, according to NASA, about how this came about. All right, there are bottom-up theories. And they are top-down theories. Okay. And um, they sort of sound like what they are. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of like in a bottom-up theory, the gas, all this gas and dust, collapses and compresses into a clump about the size of a million suns, and that's uh, that's starting small for something that's going to become, you know, galaxies. All right, these clumps then merge to build galaxies. All right, okay. again, bottom-up, uh, and. As we touched on in some previous podcasts, this is accretion. This is the uh, the process of little particles coming together, uh, forming slightly larger particles, which then have a gravitational pull on other particles. It's like a snowball going down a hill. Right. If you're listening to these podcasts, there is definitely a theme of accretion running through all of them. Yeah. So, yeah, this one is just that yeah, the gas collapsed into uh, enormous but cosmically small clumps, which then end up forming larger clumps, which become galaxies. Right. And then you have your top-down theories, which, of course, start big. And the school of thought is going to argue that the resulting clumps were each the size of multiple galaxies. Mm-hmm. And then the size got too big to manage, and they broke down into our individual galaxy, like the Milky Way galaxy. And if you follow this train of thought, then you get an understanding of why galaxies occur in clusters. But either way, bottom-up, top-down, the resulting clumps then collapsed into proto-galaxies, which consisted of dark matter and hydrogen gas. Yeah, then the uh, the hydrogen then uh, falls to the center of the proto-galaxy while the dark matter remains as an outer halo surrounding everything. You know, when we were researching this podcast, it came across another uh, interesting theory, that of hierarchical formation, in which merging of established galaxies occurs too. And so the story on it was this. Researchers from University of Switzerland saw some merging galaxies in a group dubbed SG. 1120-12, which is a very sexy name for oh, a galaxy. Oh, yeah, yeah, those galaxies. Right. And roughly 4 billion light years away. 
And they reported their findings in the August 2008 issue of the Astrophysical Journal Letters. Have you read that lately, Robert? Oh, yeah. So um, they were saying that smaller galaxies were destined for one another courtesy of the mutual gravitational attraction, and then they formed these massive galaxies. Okay. So, so that was that was their take on it. And their theory also stipulated that star formation would primarily occur when galaxies were small, but uh, they would gather all their mass during the mergers. But we'll get to star formation in a second. So astronomers recognize two basic shapes for galaxies. There's uh, elliptical, and then there's spiral. And we're a spiral galaxy. Well, we're technically a spiral bar galaxy. Yeah, right. But, a lot uh, of them are, actually. Yeah. A lot of the spiral galaxies but are. Essentially, we're a spiral galaxy, yeah. And you also have your disorganized galaxies, which are kind of my favorite. Yeah. Which, um, if you think about two galaxies merging... Um, maybe when they first merge, they, they're a bit disorganized and then they sort themselves out into their neat spiral shape or their elliptical shape. But who knows? They're not sure of that. And then there's a third type of galaxy, um, the disorganized galaxy, which you have to kind of identify with this kind of galaxy, right? Um, I'm not that disorganized, but. I, no, 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 that was not personal, Robert. <laughs> Although, are you disorganized? No, just in. I'm organized, but in a disorganized fashion at times. It depends on what I'm doing. Well, there's other people who have very organized desks have too much time in their hands, right? Yeah. And then some people don't, don't decorate their offices at all or their cubicles. That's just, I don't know if that's not being, if that's being really organized or that's just being lame. I know somebody at work who had um, decorated their cubicle and then took it down in protest when she had a bad day one day. Really? And she never put it back up, I don't think. Huh. It's an odd form of protest. See, it didn't <laughs> convey um, anything to me. Attachment, detachment, yeah. I think. Hmm. So these, um, so you have your, your spirals, you have your ellipticals, and then, um, at least initially, merged galaxies might not like these two main shapes. They might be disorganized. But eventually, astronomers believe that the merged galaxies result in an elliptical galaxy. As such, our Milky Way has probably never merged with another galaxy because, again, it's that barred spiral shape. But the massive elliptical galaxies found at the center of galaxy clusters are probably the result of some serious cosmic mashups. Yeah, it's just, it's almost, it's kind of like a accretion on a huge scale with just galaxies running into each other, just becoming this big, enormous thing. But the interesting thing that I was reading about is just because two galaxies pass cl- close by, they don't have to merge. They don't have to make this one big galactic family. Rapidly moving ones, I read, can pass through one another. It's sort of like ghosts, almost. Yeah. Um, but the slower moving ones seem to be likely to get all up in each other's business and merge. Okay. Something to keep in mind when we eventually uh, merge with Andromeda, right? Indeed. So let's talk about star formation in the elliptical and spiral galaxies. Okay. How does that figure in? All right, well, stars develop inside a proto-galaxy when, clou- when the clouds of gas mix and collide. So if all the stars in a proto-galaxy form at once, then the mature galaxy essentially retains the roundest shape of the proto-galaxy and becomes an elliptical galaxy. Spiral galaxies, however, occur when the stars inside the proto-galaxy arise at different intervals. So, you know, they're not popping up all at once, they're happening at different times. And the gas between the developing stars continues to collapse, and the resulting gravitational differences manhandle the proto-galaxy stars, the dust, and the gas. What do you know? This motion starts to force everything into a rotating disk, and additional differences in gravity result in the spiral arms. It's kind of like, when I was trying to make sense of this, I I thought of it in terms of, like, imagine, like, with an elliptical galaxy, like, imagine a town where everybody's the same age. 
you know? So yeah. you only, like, everybody's, like, 35, so you only have the kind of places 35-year-olds hang out. Like, no, you know, no place where, like, teenagers roll or where Oh, it's one people. of those over-55 communities. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Whereas the elliptical has, would uh, like, an elliptical galaxy is like a town where you have guys of all ages. Oh, diversity, you know, yes. Where there's diversity and conflict. You know, spinning everything around. So much more interesting place to live yes. if you're into that. Yeah. So that's my convoluted analogy of the day. Did you know that the Milky Way galaxy is rotating and will complete a revolution in 250 million years? Oh wow! Like a galactic year, that would be okay. Yeah, it's a lot longer than one of those restaurants that rotates at the top of a hotel. I will mark it on my calendar. <laughs> Put that in Google Calendar. Alert. Galactic year just finished. Well said, Robert. So that was kind of a light intro to galaxy formation. If you guys want to hear more about the mechanics of galaxy formation or get deeper into the topic, send us an email at sciencestuff at howstuffworks.com and we'll see what we can do. For instance, uh, like bottom up theories, there are a number of bottom up theories. There are a number of top down theories. But, but there are a number are, of steps. Yeah. And, and, but these are the basics. And obviously there's a lot of, uh, formation that continues, um, you know, uh, at lower levels within the galaxy, which we've touched down on in uh, in other podcasts. Yeah, as always, you can type galaxies into the search bar on How Stuff Works homepage and see what good stuff that brings up. You're going to see how galaxies work. Maybe whether space has a shape. This is a good one. Is there a hole in space? That's another one we have. Yeah, or the Big Bang Theory written by Strickland. And I think you did a good job. Hey, and we also have a Facebook and a Twitter account now. So um, you can... Uh, Check those out. Uh, just search for uh, Stuff in the Science Lab or Lab Stuff. On Twitter, yeah. On Twitter or Facebook. That's and that'll handle. lead you right to us. And uh, we up- update that thing uh, pretty uh, pretty regularly. Come see what uh, scientific topics we're uh, thinking about this week. So that's all the galactic goodness we have for you guys today. Thanks for listening. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. 
We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.